Hey everyone, this is Glad2, you're listening to the New World Order, episode 16 of the season. Today I want to answer the question, why you would want to base your next big project, big project being a variable that can contain any number of things, on open source. Seems like an odd topic for me to cover on this show, because presumably most of my audience, my, my normal audience, that's you dear listener, is already on board with this concept. So maybe I'm just preaching to the choir, maybe I'm confirming some biases. But actually what I want to do is I want to confirm some suspicions. Because if you've ever embarked on some project, and again, project can be a really, really big variable. Like it can contain all kinds of things. It can contain ints and doubles and floats and strings and cars. It can contain an object, anything you want. Anything you want to throw into this project thing, you can make that be what I'm referring to. Maybe you've embarked upon some big project, and at some point along the way, you've had a little bit of doubt as to whether open source is definitely a requirement at all levels. Sometimes, when you look at open source and you see all of these puzzle pieces, you get really, really excited, and you're like, oh, wow, I can make all this stuff, you know? It's like Lego bricks on the ground, right? And and you think, oh, I could build all kinds of stuff with this. And then other times, you're embarking on a project and you're looking at all those bricks on the ground and you're just thinking, that's a lot of building I'm going to have to do and I don't know if I have the time or the energy to put all those bricks together. And I can't hire anyone to do it for me. Is there not a model already assembled that I can purchase off the shelf and just not have to worry about this other stuff? Or sometimes you might think, well, I've got this great team assembled, but there's that one person over there who's really important to the team, and they, they, I don't know what the analogy would be, but you know, they don't want to use Lego bricks. They want to use something else. They, they want to use a different kind of brick. I don't know. Analogy's starting to fall apart here, but you get the idea. There, there's some project that you've, you've made, and there's, I, and there's some component. I either fear, self-doubt, or, or some influence from outside who's saying, open source is great for a lot of things, it's really cool, you can build lots of cool stuff with it, but it, it may not be a hard requirement for for this, or for that, or at all. And so I want to talk about why I have discovered, in my various career paths, that open source is actually a hard requirement in all of the areas, and Boy, do I mean all. I'm talking about essentially everything that can be open source must be open source in your next project. It's important. Let's set the stage and dispel a couple of maybe an elephant in the room or two. So let's say that you've got a room, a space, some something. We'll just we'll call it a room. And it can be a room anywhere. It could be a room in uh, in the garage. It could be a room in a big building, a high, uh, skyscraper. It could be a room in your home. It could be your living room. It could be anything. And in this room, you've made some declaration. And that declaration is that you're all about open source. You know, you, maybe you've got a banner on the wall or a plaque somewhere. It's open source. And this could be this room could serve any purpose. Like I say, it's it's this is where your project is happening. And so you're saying this space is an open source. It is founded on open source, where you're going to use open source all over the place within these within these four walls while we work on this project. And it's kind of like this dust-free open source environment. But then someone comes into the room and says, hey, I want to I want to contribute to this project. I want to be a part of this project. And maybe maybe you say, let's be charitable and say, well, OK, cool, you can do that. 
you should know. You point to the open source sign. We're open source here, so I don't know if you use Linux on the desktop. They're like, no, no, but I'm sure I can learn it, no problem. All right, you're hired. For the first couple of weeks, they're doing their best to learn Linux. They are, they're, they're adapting to all the different tools. They seem to be fine. About third week in, you're noticing they haven't actually produced anything. You're starting to get a little bit impatient. What are we paying you for? Whatever. I mean, these are all just fake analogies, but, but that's happening. And so at some point, they come to you and say, look, I can't do this. I cannot produce on this foreign operating system. I, I'm not being productive. I need to switch back to Windows, and I will contribute to the project, and I'll be in the room, but I'm going to be running Windows, or I'm going to be running Mac, whatever. And that's just how it's got to be. And so now you've got a a closed source system in your otherwise spotless, dust-free open source environment. And what does that mean for the project? Well, first of all, when people hear that, it sounds very exclusionary, right? It's like, well, that's kind of elitist. You're saying that you have to use open source to make open source. You have to... You, you, you're trying to build a homogeny, everything's going to be the same, the project's probably going to suffer from that, because now you're just, you're saying, well, we're only going to use Linux on this project, you're, you're being elitist, you're being exclusionary, you're being intolerant, you're judging people for the operating system they're using, all the different bad ideas and terminologies and scenarios crop up, you know, of, of all the Windows users being herded into a a closet and 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 the Linux people are running free within the room and it, bad scary things. Everyone gets very angry when people start talking about well this is this is how things are done here. And yet, if we take a step back for a moment from the the dystopia we've just constructed, you have to realize that it doesn't it doesn't go. We don't get the same picture in our heads when we when we flip it right when when it's the other way around. So. Let's say another room exists on the other side of the building. We go over there, and they're like, hey, we're doing some stuff over here, and we all use Windows. You want to join in? You're like, yeah, I want to join in, and I'll learn Windows. It's not a big deal. I mean, it can't be that hard, right? If I know Linux, I can probably figure out Windows. And so you start working there, and you're doing some stuff, and three weeks pass, and you're kind of getting by. And finally, you go to your to, to the project manager or whatever, and you say, look, I cannot work like this. I don't know Windows. I thought I could figure it out. But it's just it's slowing me down. I gotta I gotta switch back to Linux. Is that really gonna happen? Like, are they gonna be like, oh yeah, cool, no problem. We'll we'll certainly adapt everything for you. Make sure that every all of our tools uh, work on your system. Not a problem. Go for it. It just doesn't happen. And, and nobody in that scenario gets grumpy and says, oh well, you're building a homogeny and you're hurting all the Linux users into a closet while all the Windows run, users run free. That just doesn't – that's not a concern at all. So it's weird that I think a lot of times when we start talking, and by we I mean open source people, uh, people who use open source, um, we, when we start talking about, okay, well, we are, going to, we are going to establish this on open source, and we are going to require open source tools, and we are going to require open source infrastructure, the whole nine yards. You just don't hear the same kind of horror about – well, you're just declaring martial law practically. You know, it's just a given that well, if you're if everyone else is running this one platform, then obviously you would have to do that. And if you want to start using open source in that environment, well, that's just ridiculous. You you can't you can't just 
demand that. You can't make those kinds of demands. So that's the elephant in the room of, of, of this kind of scary mandate of saying, well, you must use open source to contribute to this project. And if you don't, then we don't want you. And we're rejecting you and we're, we're excluding you. There's no barrier to entry to open source, right? I mean, there really isn't. And, and people say, well, you say that, but it, you have to relearn a system and you have to learn stuff. And there's a learning curve. Some people just aren't capable of learning things and it's just so hard. Look, everybody's got to learn new stuff. And that goes for people coming to open source and it, 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 it as well as for people who have been on open source for either all their life. I mean, we're getting to the point now where there there is a generation coming into uh, the, say, pr productive space who, who have been on Linux. Like, that's that's their experience. They've, they've grown up on open source, so the idea of switching to closed source means uh, I have to get up to speed on this stuff. And And I don't say that sort of theoretically or anecdotally. I say it from experience, I, I know people who who use Linux at home and who do not know how to use like the Windows box in the corner at school, or or who who are using Chromebooks and don't know Windows or Mac, that kind of thing. And and, and speaking from experience, even for myself, um, having developed really my adult years have been on Linux, and and while I have a a, a very very far past history with uh, with Mac OS, I haven't used that system in such a long time at this point that it's a learning curve to get back up to speed on whatever's happening in that world. Or, or even systems as simple as, you know, like spreadsheets and stuff like that. Like if, if I get hired at a job that demands a bunch of spreadsheet work, I would have to learn that. And I, I would not expect to go into that job saying, well, I want to do everything just as as calculations in a um, in a Python script, <laughs> you know, I mean that's just not gonna it's not gonna fly. So there's a, yes, there's a learning curve. Uh, is it exclusionary? No, it's not exclusionary because open source is available to anyone, uh, and it does not exclude uh, anyone. So so that's I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way. That 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 premise that we're we're trying to build like this homogenous environment where nothing differs is not correct because open source, if anything, is infamous for its variety. The other thing I think that comes up a lot when speaking about this topic is, well, you know, you're not really being, you're not really open source because your firmware isn't open or you're running this proprietary driver or whatever. And and, and I, I feel like that's kind of a troll line of thinking because yes, it's true that, there, that there's true, there's nothing, ultimately computers are not completely open basically ever because like down to the silicon that is gets printed on the cpu you don't have the specs for that or whatever and you probably don't even have the ability to make that yet you know um you would have to go to great lengths of technology to to construct this stuff and 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 then how do you get the technology to construct the technology and then where does the world who who made the world and who created the universe and who created the person who created the universe and you know it just goes keeps going far 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 back until everything's not open and so so it's all a lie and i get that argument and it's fun but it's i i'm just going to skip over it so why would you want to build a project where you mandate open source what would be the point Okay, well, first of all, basing your project on open source opens up all kinds of further open 
protocols, infrastructure, bells and whistles that you just may not have on a closed source system. So it's it's little things, and they typically creep up on you if you, you don't notice them if you have them. It, they're, they are things that you notice you don't have when you when you realize, wow, back at home on my open source box, I was able to do this, and it was super easy, and I cannot replicate that here. It, it, it is, like I say, kind of weird little things. Sometimes it's something simple like uh, we need a unified method of, of sharing files, and, and when your entire user base is open source, you have all kinds of options, and when they're closed source, you have far fewer options. And if it's mixed closed source, got some users on Windows, got some on Mac, it's even worse. And, and I know that there are methods on the closed source side. I mean, I'm not saying that it becomes impossible. Like, oh, well, there's just no way to share files on, you know, between closed... I, I, I'm, I realize that there are ways to do it, and some quote-unquote simple ways. But what I have discovered is that on open source, you have your choice between all of the ways. Whatever you want to do, whatever happens to be easiest for you at the time, is available because everything's running open source and everything has all the options turned on. It's a huge difference. And like I say, it's 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 frequently it's 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 a hard metric because it, like it's a difficult metric to get because when you have it, it's just the way things are, and it's not until you had it and then have to switch to to something else that you realize, wow, this is really really limiting. So beware of of that sort of gotcha. Now there's also little things on open source systems that just make life really simple. And again, you don't miss them if you don't have them already or if you have never had them. But once you get them, then you don't want them to ever, ever, ever go away. Little things, and, and it'll vary between people. For me, personally, it is the uh, Git integration with Dolphin in KDE. So in Dolphin on on recent versions of KDE, and not even that recent, to be honest, it's been around for quite some time now. But there's a there's a switch in Dolphin that you can turn on in the configuration, and you might have to have a, like a plugin for Dolphin installed. I think you might like the Dolphin Extras package in Slackware, and and probably something similar in in Fedora and stuff like that. But but you you launch Dolphin, you go into configuration to configure it, and you turn this option on. I think I might have talked about this on my show before, and if not, it's all, all, all over the place online. And you can turn on Git integration. So if you're looking at a Git repository, you get little check marks on things that have been um, committed, and you get little icons to show you what has changed and has not yet been staged or committed. You can commit, just right-click and then commit. You can right-click, push, right-click, pull, check out, all kinds of things, just right there in Dolphin. It's a completely integrated Git interface into your standard everyday file manager that you use all the time anyway. It is super nice. I find it, I find it really, really difficult to, to understand, and, and I hate to say this because I know that now in two weeks it will appear, but I can't, and it's going to be it's going to be featured as a big, groundbreaking developer um, feature. I just know this, but I, I'm shocked that this does not exist on other systems yet. Like it it is it is one of those things that 
when I don't have it now, I it just absolutely it is so beyond frustrating. It's just why isn't this feature everywhere? It's such an obvious feature, and it doesn't have to just be Git. There's Merc Mercurial and and probably other systems. That, well, there's certainly SVN. I know that, but there are other systems that are integrated, and and you could write someone could write plugins for others. It just happens to be you know Git is kind of the the hot one. And it's just, it's a brilliant feature, and it only exists, as far as I know, on in Dolphin on KDE. It's a wonderful, wonderful little system. And and those are the kinds of things that you, that you just, you get for free in open source, in all, in every sense of the word free. And if you introduce closed source stuff into your open source space, then you don't get that. That's not something, you know, you lose that, at least on those closed systems, which... Frankly, in my experience, it, it splits it splits the tool chain, and it probably splits a lot more than that, but it certainly splits that tool chain. And all of a sudden, rather than being able to just say, here's how we do things, do this, that, and that, you know, your troubleshooting is exactly, is very regimented. And when you split your tool chain like that, then suddenly your troubleshooting becomes a lot more complex. And even before the troubleshooting step, your, your your onboarding process, you know, the the sort of, hey, welcome to the project, here's how we do things here, that stage, becomes more complex, because now you've got certain people who know this system, other people who know that system, this is how I do it, this is how 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 you have to do it on your platform, oh, there's no way to do it there, okay, we'll download this extra thing and then do that, and so on and so on. And that leads me nicely into the next point, actually. And that is, an open foundation gives you all kinds of compatible software without ever having to try. This may not make a whole lot of sense at first, but hear me out. On an open source system, a platform, big, homogeneously open source room, all of the software that you investigate and want to use and decide to use installs on everything. That's just how it is because it's open source. Now, I'm not saying that in a, you know, it's not it's not a perfect world. There 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 may be times where you've got someone who has come into your open source space with a 10-year-old PowerPC computer running Debian 9. And there's an application out there that you think, hey, this is open source. We can just do a blanket mandate. Hey, everybody is using this application. And that one weird risk user raises their hand and says, hey, uh, it, I can't get it to install. It's got like some weird compilation error, something about, you know, I don't know, instruction sets or something. I don't really, I can't think of a specific PowerPC error that I've seen for some reason. But yeah, so it, it could happen. It can totally happen. It's not unheard of. Uh, heck, I think it was uh, Rust, Rust, the Rust programming language. Couldn't get that to compile, I think it was Rust, on uh, PowerPC for myself. Just just couldn't do it. I mean, this was years ago now. But but yeah, it was a weird sort of like, eh, you're on PowerPC, can't can't do that right now and it it had been mainly i think because no one had done that yet you know no one no one had had compiled rust on powerpc including myself because i couldn't get it to work i tried to modify some stuff but just further broke it i don't know what its state is now but at the time that was a that was a thing so it can happen in an open source environment um I, i'm not saying that everything will will 
literally magically work but the the idea is that your you know by and large your global repository that is you know whatever repository everyone's pointing their their package manager to is universal within that space it it is it it's there for everyone it will install on everything and you can you can make it all work together there there are no there there are very very few to the point of being negligible times where things you know where where you will go investigate a, a technology and say yep that's what we want to use and you'll come back and realize that only two-thirds of your people can use it and one-third is going to have to settle on something similar but not quite the same i mean heck even if it is you know generally speaking even if it's something that you have a, a some problem with on some platform you know maybe maybe there's that oddball who's still got the 32-bit system someone's running a pi i don't know uh and, well an older pi now i guess uh, it, it doesn't matter. It's open source. If it if it's if it's critical, you can make it work. And I know that that kind of fallback annoys some people because they think, well, well, then clearly you're only talking about a software project, and uh, because n normal people aren't going to be able to just say, oh, heck, I'll just compile Python 3.6 on my Raspberry Pi running running CentOS because it's not in the repository, so I'll just compile it from scratch. I mean, not everyone's going to be able to do that. And even worse, not everyone's going to be able to go in and change the code of something in order to make it work, you know, on, on their their off-the-wall open source platform. But 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 the, the option is still there, and that's the important thing. The option is there. It's not a it's not a hard stop. It's not a wall that you cannot scale. It is something that is that that may be slowing you down, uh, and you may have to make hard decisions about well, do we really want to invest in making that work, or is it not worth it? Maybe we can find a different solution or whatever. But the the option is still there, and that's empowering. It's a heck of a lot more empowering than oh, they don't have a download for that thing. We just can't make it work, and that that is that's typically the the answer if it's a closed platform, right? I mean, if something doesn't work on a system, that was it. That is your option. It's a Boolean option. It either works or it does not work. You can complain about it. You can you can write nasty things online uh, on social media and online forums about it, but but there's no there's no t actual action that you can take to to fix the problem, except making a lot of noise, and, and that's not very it's not very empowering. That's that's the opposite. That that is something that that takes all power from you, and you have no no choice but to to go elsewhere. Pretty much. I mean that that's your that's your that's your fallback option is, well, let's just not do that then. And like other things, it the 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 opposite direction of this problem is not uh, equal or or it does not equate to this to the other to the other way around so for instance if you've got an open source environment and you've all got your open source tools then you have options to to make your your software work on your platform and if you have a closed source system in there you still have options to make your tools work but if you're it, the other way around, if it's mostly closed source, or if there is a closed source tool that you are trying that you've decided to use, then if they don't op if they don't offer it for your open platform, then that's it. That was again that that's 
that is a that that is not a wall that you have to scale it is just the end of the world it is that is you can go no further the closed source option does not support your platform end of story there's no well maybe we can hack around this maybe we can get someone to port it for us there's there's no option it is closed source you cannot adapt completely different even in the in the worst scenario of the, the the worst case version of oh there's this open source software that that isn't yet ported to this closed platform now what i mean that sounds like the end of the world to some people but i mean even even a, the, the most critical i think would have to admit that there's still an option like you could you there you might not like the option of of paying someone to port the application it might not be a a small feat it might be like basically impossible because it would cost too much money for whatever resource you have but it is still there it is there there is the option i mean i guess if we're being totally ridiculous i guess we could say well there's still an option with closed source because if you make a billion dollars you could probably pay the company to port it to linux you know th that sort of thing but i mean realistically it's just not that that, that does not happen whereas porting a close an open source software to a closed system happens every day and and sometimes it's not even that difficult it just kind of depends and i think the dangerous thing about closed source systems in general is that they do tend to uh encourage and foster and somehow propagate further closed source software and this is another one of those things that just kind of sneaks up on you i have found you think well well you know what We've got two-thirds open source stuff here, and let's just let's just introduce this this one thing, this one closed thing, because it, it's going to make things a lot simpler. And we don't think it's going to be that bad, and it's fine. It's an exception that we are willing to make. I mean, we've all been there, right? Uh, totally, all been there. It, it's absolutely something that happens all the time. And and in some cases, I have found that 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 means, you know, people there's like this weird insidious thing about a closed source system. Not to make it sound too bad, but um, you know, closed source system. When you're on it, I think you start to get like these weird blinders, and and I, I I've I've run into this all over the place. But you just and it's not it's not anyone's fault. It's just that you do start to get because obviously when you are on a on a certain type of computer then your focus is on stuff that works on your computer that that makes sense so if you're going to if there's some odd thing that you need and you're looking online as one does for a solution to that thing and some application pops up and you see that it's the big green download button for your platform and you think and maybe it's Certainly, if you're in an open source kind of space, then you're, it's probably open source related. So that that adds to the confusion because you're like, well, I looked for some, you know, some interface to let's say Git. Why not? That's an easy one that comes up a lot actually. So I'm looking for a visual like a GUI for for Git. So you go to a project site, and it's talking about open source, and it's talking about GitHub, and we're pretty sure I've, I think I heard GitHub was 
open or mostly open. Um, I'm sure that's and Git is open source. I know that everyone's always talking about Git uh, Git as an open thing, so that's cool. And so this this GUI tool must be open as well. So I'm gonna I'll download it for my platform because there's the gr big green button that says it's available for my platform. And and I'll move on, and I'll tell everybody else to to use this this tool because uh, I've discovered it and it's pretty pretty cool. And then you realize that that it's an open source it's it's a tool around open source and it has no open source components to it whatsoever. Well, I mean, it talks a couple of open protocols like Git, SSH, and HTTPS, and and that's it. It won't open on it won't install on open source platforms and so now once again you kind of split the, the tool chain and and it happens in other places too like similarly uh you know things well may, maybe there's a fancy new chat application maybe it stole a nickname of one of my favorite linux distributions and and everyone says hey this is cool it's got a lot of features that we absolutely suddenly need didn't need them yesterday but today we all of a sudden realized we needed it so we'll switch to this chat application, and and don't worry about it because it's got it's got a bridge for IRC, it's got a bridge for Jabber, it's got all these things, it's got an API, and it supports all this stuff. It's very open source friendly. Uh, this will be this will be fine. And so we all switch to it. And it, maybe it's a temporary solution. Maybe maybe we say we say we say to ourselves, well, when an open source alternative appears and is of equal or greater um, featureness. Then we'll, we'll 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 be sure to switch to that. Well, of course that never works, right? We've got this thing that we've set up. We had we had some time this month to set that infrastructure up. It gets set up. We're good to go. And then in a year, something else pops up. It's totally open. It's got all the same features. Who can be bothered to switch now? We've all this is already running. It's it's working. Who cares? Well, yeah, but then maybe the next year, that same chat application that you've been now relying on for two years suddenly announces that it's it's removing those cool open features that it had been trumpeting the entire time when it first came around. No more IRC compatibility. No more Jabber compatibility. Those are features that 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 takes the developers away from from what really matters, which is delivering the highest quality chat experience to all of their users and so on and so on and so on. So there there are there are many examples of these sorts of broken promises, shall we say. Or of course, you know, it's never a promise after the fact, right? It was it was well, it was just a it, we never promised that it would always be there. We didn't mean to imply that ever. We just implied it, you know, it just because we talked about it nonstop. Um, and and that was like one of the selling points, but but we never meant to imply that it would always be there naturally. So yeah, it's 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 something that I find closed systems do frequently, either either because they they kind of lead you on possibly in some cases, or because just a user just you don't you know it, there's it's it's like there's a big green button saying hey it, it's downloadable for your platform, and it says open source all over the place, and it's got lots of familiar icons, and so you think okay this is open source. It's not like there's a big red button that says, hey, before you use this, you should be aware that nobody on your team that uses Linux will be able to use it. You know, that, that, there's no alert about that. So I think, I think that it, in many different ways, encourages the further use of more closed source. And, and maybe it's also just system integration, right? Because on a closed platform, a lot of times the stuff that 
that feels native to the system is also closed source. That's just how it works. It's either because the 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 integrated thing is from the same vendor as your as your operating system. So you know, and and again, just because it, I think typically if you're using a system, then you just kind of you default to the the stuff that they give you first, at least especially for the low level stuff. And but that might also be the only thing that they offer hard coded or not hard hard coded con configurable. Yeah, some things may be hard coded. You know, you may not have a configurable option to 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 default to another thing, L low level things like um, I don't know PDF readers or something like that. I'm, I'm I'm I think I'm sure that's probably not actually a thing, but but there are things that you cannot exactly override. You know, certainly on for instance Mac OS, you don't want to use Finder. You you can get around it. Sorta, of, but it's really difficult. I mean, it can be done. Believe me, I've done it. I, believe me, I have done it. But but it is it is not easy, and it doesn't even have to be the the vendor software either. It it can be third party stuff. But the the um the the environment uh, around this closed source operating system is frequently closed source, and it's just how the developers for that you know the the sort of cottage industry that forms around a closed source system is often very is agreeable with a closed source i mean it makes sense right they're developing for a closed system a lot of people think well it makes sense for me as a business uh as a programmer who's selling my application to to make it closed source and and so you you have these little tools that certainly like if you're in an open environment you might even think you might even assume that they're open source you know because there are those little things that on an open source system would also be open source. I mean, heck, they would be one repository away. It would just be a super simple command to get that that alternative SSH client on your system. It would be really, really easy. But here, it exists, but it's not open source as it turns out. And maybe a lot of this sort of stuff is a little bit forgivable because you're, you're just like, well, I'm on a closed platform anyway, and and this works. And if it ever goes away, I'll just learn a new client for for this thing and it's fine it's it's not like the whole the whole project is relying on 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 these little things but i'm just making a point that the closed source system has a way of of fostering more closed source and that may be a problem at some point it may be a problem for integration into the larger pipeline it may be a problem for trying to instruct new users on uh, new new contributors on on how to how to do something because now you've got all these different systems all over the place so it's just i'm just saying it's a thing to consider okay let's talk about a different thing to consider culture is a big buzzword i feel these days a lot of people talk a lot about the culture of something the culture of your business the culture of your software project the culture of your company the culture of of your neighborhood the culture of this and the culture of that it's a big kind of concept that we all are are encouraged to think a lot about you know and you can have bad culture and toxic culture and good culture and and a weak culture and no sense of culture you can have all these different things and it's all wrapped up in culture and as much as i hate buzzwords i will say that there's a certain i'm not going to use the buzzword culture i'm going to say there's a frame of mind or a tradition that you may be trying to build with your project and and it may even arguably be important to build 
this this tradition up around your project because maybe that's the way that your project does things for instance let's say that you're running a multimedia company that is producing web series on open source it's not about open source it's about um, anything it, it's about um, it's an actual play series of Dungeons and Dragons filmed and edited and produced with open source and you publish these as a web series and if there are any angel investors out there who want to send me money for this idea uh, I'm I'm now accepting uh, investments because actually that sounds like a lot of fun but anyway so let's say that you're trying to, to, to do this thing you're running this this project you've said hey we're gonna use open source it's just part of our charter and and so to this project you you have you've introduced this this principle and this is how you're doing things and so part of your project is is the the stated thing that you have said right the your your charter your your reason of uh, your reason for in, initiating this this movement is is that you wanted to make this web series on open source and i think a lot of times the the impetus, that charter statement, that that init sequence that ran the very first time you created this thing, it becomes this weird sort of object bundled up in itself, and and it starts starts to separate from the reality of of what you're doing. And we we see that I think in big companies uh, all the time. You know, you you have like these these catchphrases that companies very deliberately put out, and and they're supposed to embody everything that the company is and stands for and presumably you know the illusion is that everyone within that company is is looking at that charter all the time and living by that those those that that very peculiarly concise and catchy little catchphrase that's what the whole you know it somehow it, it permeates the entire into the whole the whole being of this of this project and again, I'm using project very broadly. And we also see companies walk away from those things really, really frequently. You know, like like that chat application with this. I don't know if they had actually had like a pithy little phrase that they that they use, but but certainly they had like this this strongly implied principle that this is how they were and this is what they offer. And then later on, it's just sort of swept under the rug. Uh, the, the, probably the most famous one, at least among open source geeks, would be the the Google one, right? I mean, they started famously as a company with the motto that you that we are not evil. That was their motto. We or do no evil, something like that, right? And I remember hearing Google employees saying that it was part of the company, um, I guess, culture that or or even policy actually where if if someone was suggesting something that was morally or ethically questionable people were encouraged to speak up and if anyone said i that sounds evil to me then everything had to stop like it it that's this is what i heard i've never been to google never wanted to be at google never worked at google but this is what i heard that 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 a proposal would just stop if someone said that sounds evil and and it had to be sort of resolved before it would go ahead now that might be a that might not be a true story but that is what I have heard and today of course Google no longer uses that catchphrase it's not their motto they've they have abandoned it publicly and proudly they they 
they just don't go by that motto anymore. So that's what those init sequences tend, I think, to become, is like these these albatrosses that you kind of have to deal with at some point. But maybe that's not what they're meant to be. Like, if it's the thing that started you out on the journey, then then maybe that's what you meant the journey to be. And if that's the thing that you're trying to build, if it's the thing that you are trying to to stand for, then then presumably what you're trying to do is get is get a group of people who who share that vision. That's probably another really horrible buzzword, uh, and and sort of make that a reality. You know, like make it actually a thing in this world that people have come together to make this thing based on open source, and they're doing it on open source and all this other stuff. So in other words, you are trying to build a culture around this this purpose and so if you if if you want that to be the way that that things work in your project then it has to be the way things work in your project it's as simple as that if if you say this is how we how, this is how we do things and and we're going to be the place that that does this stuff then then that's then 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 you need the people in your project to partake I mean, you don't need, not everyone has to partake. You always have to account for outliers, and I get that. But generally speaking, you want to, you want everyone to be on the same page. I mean, even if it's just within the four walls of your project, that one room where you've got your banner and you, your, your project is happening there, that should, that needs to be the flagship for what you have stated your purpose is. And if you deviate from that, you will find that you no longer are the same thing. You're no longer the project you you sort of set out to be. Is that okay? I mean, maybe it is okay. Maybe maybe that init statement wasn't the most important thing about your project after all. Maybe you found something different is the actual driving force in your project. But I feel certainly within open source, there is a certain... There's a tradition of, of computing that I think open source is trying to both uphold and and propagate. It's a smarter way of computing. It's a more liberated way of computing. It is a more accessible way of computing. It is a more open way of computing. And if you have your participants join in with that, then you're building it up and you're growing that culture and you're strengthening that culture. And hopefully, ideally, the thing that you're trying to, to put out there, the, the way that you're trying to improve this world in whatever small way your project is attempting to do that, is made possible because you've mandated that within your project, things are done this way with open source compatibility and flexibility that you just can't get with anything else. So next time you are starting out something and you're thinking, do I want to go with the open source option or do I just want to I want to take the shortcut and use a closed source option? Or do I want to let this person use their closed source alternative because of some reason, because because they've decided that would be easier or or more efficient or whatever? Think about some of the drawbacks. Think about what it means to opt for the closed source option. A lot of times it's got implications to it that you don't in the long run want to deal with. Open source is an investment. It's something that sometimes you do have to figure out or set up 
or or teach someone who hasn't grown up with it or who hasn't bothered learning it yet but it's worth it that's what i've found and i think i think you'll probably find the same thing thank you very much for listening to the show this week and i will talk to you next time Cast. This has been Clatu. You can reach me on IRC. I'm on the Freenode network usually in channels such as Augcast Planet, Slacker Media, Slackware, a couple of others. My nick on IRC is not Clatu. You can also reach me lately on Mastodon. My username there is at Clatu at Mastodon.xyz. Of course, you can email me at clatu at member.fsf.org. That's clatu at member.fsf, as in free software foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and slackermedia.info. I will see you next time.